Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Why are we having an increase in illegal mining? I mentioned earlier on when I told you that I was about to, or rather going to do an interview on the subject, that uh, reading this article, it mentions tackling the issue of illegal mining in South Africa would cost a staggering 250 billion rand, a bill which taxpayers would likely wind up having to foot. Well, there you have it. We always answer to someone else's mistakes. But uh, to unpack this and to look a bit uh, Deeper into the subject, Chad Thomas, CEO of IRS Forensic Investigations. Chad, great to have you on board the show. Welcome. Michael, of me to you and the listeners. Okay, so Chad, I've set the tempo for the discussion, looking at this, why are we having an increase in illegal mining? And, uh, well, why are we and why would we have to foot a bill for this activity? There's quite a lot to look into here. Michael, massive problem. When one looks at the gold reef, which stretches mm-hmm. from the far west strand to the far east strand, right. it runs for, for over 100 kilometers. The Midwaterstrand Gold Basin itself is more than 200 kilometers across. We have produced upwards of 40% of the world's gold, and there's still a lot of gold underground. Right. When, when one looks 1995 compared to now, the mining industry then employed over 600,000 people. We now have less than 400,000 people employed, yet statistically we have so many more people in our country. We also have people that worked on the mines who are very skilled who are no longer employed. As a okay. result of... Yeah. Sorry, Chad. So why, sorry, if I can stop you there. Well, why is that the case? From 600,000, as you said, to 400,000? So 1995 saw the introduction of the Labor Relations Act. It was a, it was an incredible piece of legislation that was very employee centric. We saw a rise in, in bargaining in respect of employee rights and salaries. It became a very expensive um, commodity to mine in South Africa if we're talking about gold specifically. Right. And as a result of that, um, you must understand, ours isn't like we, 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 if you watch gold programs on Discovery Channel, we don't have alluvial gold. Our gold isn't found um, a couple of meters down underneath the river stream. Right. Our, our gold is different. It's concentrated. It's, mm-hmm. it's kilometers down. In fact, the deepest mine in the world, Durban Deep in Rudderport, goes down seven kilometers. It's very, very labor intensive. It's wow. very, very expensive to mine. Right. So, so we saw, and we saw mines being abandoned. 97 to 99, we saw a massive decline in the gold price, and this just created a knock-on effect in South Africa. So we have multiple mines that are still um, mineable. We still have gold that's available to illegal miners, and we've got literally thousands of gateways into these different mine shafts. And as a result of mines being abandoned, Mines being liquidated, mine owners just shutting up shop and leaving. There's been no control over the access to these to these different shafts, and this has resulted in a massive problem with artisanal mining. If artisanal mining was correctly managed and taxed and taken out of the informal sector, perhaps it could do something to contribute towards the fiscus. Right. But having these ad hoc raids now and again on different illegal yes. mining sites mm-hmm. does nothing because as you and I speak right now. There are upwards of 8,000 people underneath our feet, stretching from the far west end to the far east end, busy mining gold illegally. Wow. <laughs> wow. 8,000 at least are estimated to be, well, in, exactly going about the their activities end. just below us at, at, easily, as we speak. Easily so, at the low end. But, Chad, um, I don't understand. So, all right, so mines were not mineable, to use that term you used earlier on. Why weren't they then just shut properly in the first place? 
So how do you do that? So first, right. we, we've got gold, but it's not cost-effective to mine it in the traditional manner because labor costs have, have got so high. Right. You've now got a labyrinth, massive catacombs underneath the, the rand. Right. You've got this massive reef. You can close a mine at its, at its main shaft, but you can access it if you dig down from other areas. It's, it's it's not an easy. Thing. Just imagine, just wow. just picture picture it underneath. Picture those thousands of tunnels. Picture it. They run for thousands of kilometers at different levels. How could you possibly manage people that are able to dig down from virtually anywhere along the reef to access these different shafts? So okay, so you've given us the broad outline, this honeycomb of shafts that you've uh, outlined now. But where does one start? I mean, there's got to be a starting point somewhere to at least, uh, you know, like prevent this from in, from escalating any further. You can't treat the problem every time there's, mm. like we saw in Krugersdorf last year, the okay. mass rape, or right. we saw the shootings in Riverley two weeks ago. Right. You can't treat it reactively. Because you're plugging one hole in the bucket, right. but there's a dozen, a dozen holes still leaking. You have to create a summit. It has to be high level. They have to bring in every single role player from home affairs to right. social services. Mm-hmm. This is a massive social problem. Unemployment is a problem. Mining is an easy way out for some people. And communities become dependent on the miners mining illegally in close vicinity to them to feed yes. them, to clothe them. Yes. We have to address this, and the only way we're going to address this is to look at formalizing artisanal mining in South Africa. Okay, Chad, so based on what you've just uh, outlined to us, uh, where does the situation stand? As you said, all these, all these important role players have to come on board. Uh, have, have you at least presented such a report to them? Are they aware of this uh, need for a collective combined, shall we say, attention to the matter to resolve it? They're very aware of it. In fact, Wedeb and Sashe submitted a paper to this as part of his um, degree program in 2008 that detailed his understanding of what had transpired post-liberation in respect of mining, the employment, and what could happen with these glut of, 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 of employees. And he's our Minister of mm-hmm. Mineral Rights and Energy. Right. So if you look at this, government does know that this has to be approached from a holistic perspective. I just don't think they know mm. quite how to tackle it. At this stage, that is. They don't know quite how to tackle it. That's correct. Oh, boy. Okay, so uh, going forward, I mean, now, where do you see, how do you see this transpiring? I mean, there, there's foreigners coming into play here, apparently, and um, where are we going to end up with the situation? There's, 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 there's a couple of doomsday scenarios that mm. somebody sets off. In fact, there was a study done about five years ago, Sassel and Transit fuel lines that yes. run very close to the to the to the main stadium in Soweto, right? And mining illegal mining had come within a meter of one of the main pipelines. And if there had been a major soccer game or a major concert, and that fuel line had exploded, we could have had a massive catastrophe on oh, our wow. hands. We're now hearing of illicit mining taking place under the M2 double decker highway in downtown Johannesburg. From a catastrophic perspective, we are sitting on a ticking time bomb. We need to address this, and it needs to be done very very soon. Just forget about the foreigners. Forget about the illicit mining. We mm-hmm. need to think about how we're going to save our city's infrastructure. Chad, do, do you mind just staying on the line just for a short while? We just want to get an update from Lindy, uh, and then uh, we'll come back to you and just resume the conversation. All good. Thanks, Chad. 
Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Well, thanks for staying for uh, staying with us. Uh, time's just going 28 minutes to five. I'm joined on the line by Chan Thomas, CEO of RS Forensic Investigations. We're unpacking this issue of illegal mining in the city. Chad, thanks so much for holding on. Um, yeah, th- this has become this is escalating. Um, in terms of, I think I mentioned before that the terminology you used about this honeycomb, this labyrinth of tunnels happening all over the place, especially, did I understand you correctly in saying that this is encroaching beneath the Johannesburg city? And if that's the case, would this have had anything to do with the Bree Street explosion? So the Bree Street explosion is still a mystery. They say okay. it's methane gas. They don't know the, the source of the methane mm-hmm. gas. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's highly probable that that gas may have been released as a result of an explosion somewhere in close proximity, and that was the easiest route out for it, finding the, the traditional gas lines and the tunnels that are sure. in Johannesburg. But one must never forget there's an art gallery at the Simmons Street head office of Standard Bank, and the reason why there's an art gallery there is while they were digging the foundations for the head office three and five Simmons of Standard Bank, and yeah. this was in the late 80s, early 90s, they only went down about a level or two and they came across a mine shaft. Wow. And you can actually go visit this mine shaft. It's now protected by glass and you can look into this mine shaft that sits in Simmons Street. Of course, you had Village Main, you had City Deep, you had the mines in Boysons. So Johannesburg is a mining town. It's a frontier town. It's sure. built as close to the mines as possible. And you can still see some of the headgear of the mines to the left of the of the M2 West and to the to the right of the M2 East. Right. So the the, the mine shafts are there. They exist. They've never gone away. They couldn't be filled in. Zamas mm-hmm. Zamas have been found to have been tunneling right next to the support structures to the M2 um, and the M1 where the double decker meets. Wow. It's frightening. It really is frightening. Wow. And. and, I- and Go for it. Chad, I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you in, cut, uh, cut in there. But now uh, this seems to be extending um, in all directions. So, I, I mean, look, everyone listening to us having this conversation out there are probably wondering, wow, is it encroaching to such an extent that our suburbs are now becoming susceptible to this uh, beehive system of illegal mining? Well, on either end um, of the rand, we've seen it happening already. In Krugersdorp, we've seen it playing out. We've, we see on the far west rand. We've seen sinkholes. On the East Rand, Kempton, Boxburg, those areas, we see that there's a major problem with illicit mining. Mm-hmm. Our suburbs that are behind the ridge, the Bromfontein Ridge, they're not affected. We don't have active mining. We didn't have active mining in these areas. Right. But everything south of Bromfontein, west of Bromfontein, and east of Bromfontein has been mined. And it's been mined for that 100-kilometer stretch. Wow. And it's in danger. Okay, so, uh, and uh, are we seeing, uh, just to wrap up, I don't want to keep you any longer, are we seeing an increase in mining activity, illicit mining activity? We're seeing a massive increase in illicit mining. If one looks at the East Rand, there were over 30 new fully-fledged refineries that were established. Now, we all knew in the old days there was Rand Refinery, and Rand Refinery was responsible for refining all the legitimate gold. Suddenly, more than 50 modern equipped refineries just on the East Rand were established. And all of them, in inverted commas, claim to be melting down broken jewelry. It's not possible. It's really not. That, that Zama Zama gold has to enter the legitimate market somehow. And there's a lot of people benefiting off this ecosystem. Oh, so boy. there's been a massive increase in illicit gold mining, 
not just in Johannesburg, but along the entire reef. Chad, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, thanks for holding on. A great chat. Wish we could go, could continue this uh, further, but uh, we are pressed for time. Chad, uh, thanks for joining us and great to chat to you, fellow colleague, on uh, the afternoon overdrive. Chad Thomas, CEO of IRS Forensic Investigations, giving us a background as to uh, where illegal mining, the status of illegal mining is at the moment. Yeah, how, how it's spreading. How it's, uh, you know, you, you see those sci-fi movies with tentacles and tendrils extending and expanding everywhere. You just imagine that underground beneath us in Johannesburg and uh, with illegal mining, illegal miners infiltrating the area more because this is a gold rich area, as Chad said, it's extending, it's creeping further and further towards us, perhaps <laughs> we wish not. But that's the situation. That's what we're dealing with. We hope, as Chad says, that the relevant parties will come on board and uh Try to plug all those holes, all those different uh, mine shafts once and for all and try and put a stop to this uh, illegal mining.